Welcome to Heart Wild with Carrie Asby, a show about people who have uncaged their hearts and are living with purpose because they did. Hello and welcome to another episode of Heart Wild Podcast. I am so psyched today to be sitting here with life lesson teacher, Rennie Baez. Hello, and how are you? I'm good, Carrie. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Likewise. I love seeing your bright, beautiful smile ready to take on the day. (laughs) I actually want to go into how we met because... um, yeah, seeing you always brightens my day. And I think we we cross paths at an interesting time. Do you want to um, share that story or would you like me to go for it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll share and then you can add on to it. I think we met online uh, when you were looking for a place in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think back then, I was, I was a real estate broker back then. I was very passionate about real estate. Um, and one of the things that always got me was, you know, you can't remember exactly what how we connected if it was through one of your posts or one of my posts but basically the premise was that you know the overpricing that happens in the New York City real estate market which is like it's it's horrible right people people can't move here affordably and then the people that are here can't live affordably so that's a huge problem um and i think that's how we kind of interconnected and i was kind of like trying to help you out so that you didn't have to pay a broker fee. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I think I was, this is why I, I kind of sucked sometimes because I wasn't as ambitious. I was like, let me, let me tell you a secret. You got to go this way to try to avoid a broker fee. But yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why I put my career on hold. Very mm-hmm. masculine, very patriarchy. Um, and if you really go down to the root of real estate, it's, uh, it's, it's horrible. I mean, one premise, it's great because you're building generational wealth. And that's something that we all want for ourselves and for our family, right? But at the same time, um, there is the colonization that happens. And so one of the things that I learned was, okay, I, I'm the middleman here. I'm brokering a deal between two people at any given time. But whose land are we standing on, right? There were natives here. And so their spirits are still here. So who am I to charge people and like kind of, uh, I guess, permeate the existence of colonization? Because that's really what's continuing to happen in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you wanted to uh, add on to that, to how we met. Well, that's actually so that's a really great segue, because first of all, yeah, you reached out to me. You were one of the first persons and wanted to help me. And which was great because I showed up to New York not knowing a soul. And not only did you help me with real estate, but I also got really involved in sustainable fashion. And I was and I put on a clothing swap. And um, that's actually the first time we really met face to face. Oh, in person. Right. I remember that. Uh, It was a Patagonia. That, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was with Global Fashion Exchange, but it was about circular economy, not putting things into the landfill, about sharing. And and you were so you've always been super supportive towards me. And um, I've always been so grateful. But that actually how we met. You were in real estate and I know you started, I guess, the age of 16 
and uh, like you are full on passionate and you dove right in and you're doing really well. And Mm -hmm. then time went on and all of a sudden I had, I I left New York. We kind of lost touch, swing it back around. I wanted to see how you were doing. And now you are this amazing teacher and you are, and you dove right in just like you did with real estate. You dove into this wellness self-care. Like you're, I watch your, the information that you put out now, and I am just in awe with how much depth you have. So this is a great like segue. Like how did you go from a New York city real estate, climbing your way up boom, to this path of wellness and being an amazing influence and teacher? How did you do that? How'd that happen? So, uh, I think that, uh, I don't like titles or labels because I think that when we put titles and labels on things, it, uh, it, it makes people sway one way or another and make them agree with you or disagree with you. And we as humans, we like to judge so that we either coincide with someone or, or don't, we want to be right. It's our ego. Right. And so I think that, uh, I would like to share that I believe that I have ADHD, which is a scientific label, right? And in the spiritual side, I believe that I'm a manifesting generator, right? And so what does that mean? That means that some of us, and I've had previous addictions, right? I've had, um, I've done drugs, I've smoked, I've been an alcoholic, right? And one of the uh, characteristics of the type of people that that fall under those categories is that they do something really well to excellence right and i'm not trying to say this in a pompous way i'm trying to say that we dive all the way in until we get the concept of it and so a lot of addicts that's why we'll see in society people who are addicts they turn their lives around because they hit the pinnacle that they needed to hit to understand that the addiction was a surface thing for that they had to uh they had to surpass to get to the next level basically right Mm -hmm. and so that being said i feel like when i look at all of all of the endeavors that i've ever gone through that's exactly what i do like i will do something until like i get to the end of it and then i'm like oh i get it now i don't need to do that right and so i feel like for me real estate was something that i loved but then once i started getting into the spiritual side and I started understanding myself better. I'm like, this is a very masculine job. It's a very, um, it goes against a lot of my beliefs, right? And so it was just little things after little things after little things. And then it just became obvious. Um, once I became a mother, that's my primary role. Everything else takes second place. And so I can't possibly go out into the world and be competitive, right? Because that's really what you're doing in real estate. We're competing. There's no creation, right? Um, I forgot the name of this really famous, is it Carnegie Hill? I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that. But this man, he said, you're always in two categories. You're either creating or competing. When you're competing, you're playing in the matrix because those titles are already given to you. You're a lawyer, you're an accountant, you're a doctor, you're a real estate agent, there's already an industry. So when you go into that field, you're competing with others, right? And so for me, I I can't compete because I'm not 
ready to be in that type of mindset and disregard that I have a child at home, right? For you to be number one, you have to be competitive. You have to be on the ball. You have to be calling your clients because if you're not calling your clients, someone else is calling your clients, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I really understood that when I became a mother that uh, that wasn't a priority to me. I didn't want to compete. I wanted to create. I wanted to be in my uh, feminine energy. Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that we're on stolen land, that that's really problematic for me. And that, I'm not trying to take away from any brokers out there, right? I think it's a lucrative career. I just think for me, where I'm at, I can't partake in being the middleman, knowing that some of our ancestors were ripped out of this land. And that now we're reselling co-ops and condos on Fifth Avenue for $3 million for the convenience of whoever. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it was almost like it was it was um, seeping into you in some ways. Like you had built this fortress of masculinity, but the feminine was still trying to find its way in. And actually, what sounds like what really broke down the wall was being a mom. And then that's when you're like, wait a minute, I've got all this feminine and feminine, feminine, feminine energy that needs to be honored and needs to be explored. And that's, that's very much a part of you. So it sounds like you just, you tapped into your whole self when you were asked, when you realize it's not just the masculine, but also the, the feminine. Right. Exactly. And then being your personality, you just went dove right in. <laughs> By any chance, do you have any um, regrets with your decision? Leaving it? No, absolutely not. I think that, um, you know, life's a journey. This is why I say I'm taking a pause because I I don't know if I'll ever return to it. You know, I I just don't know that. I'm not God. I I don't know the future. I can't foresee that. But for right now, I, I don't think I'll ever go back to it because I feel good in my peace. I'm very peaceful right now. I don't have drama in my life. And I feel like with the real estate, my nervous system was out of whack. You're constantly on your phone. You have to be on top of, you know, clients, notifications, what's going on. And I don't miss that. I don't miss the anxiety, the competition. I don't miss any of that. And at first it was hard because when you've been someone for so long, right? Because that was that I feel like real estate fed off of my masculinity. I was already that type of person. That's why I gravitated towards that career in the first place. Like, oh, I love playing video games. I love being number one at everything that I do. So this is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that once I was able to like basically divert from that person and realize like I can be that, but I can also be this, Uh, It just made complete sense for me. And I don't regret it at all. I feel very at peace. I love my life right now. I love that. And actually, that's a really good question because we do evolve. You know, we as uh, I I mean, we're supposed to evolve ideally. (laughs) And as we evolve, as we change, kind of our direction changes, too. And do you want to share a little bit about how you deal with when you go through that personal change, that personal growth? So for me, um, 
I think that I'm very resistant to change. And again, going back to the labels, right? Because I believe in a little bit of everything. And I'm also skeptical of a lot of things. And there's a lot of things that are spread in the spiritual community, right? So we have the uh, the signs, the elements, right? So I'm an earth sign, which I, I kind of buy into it because I love plants. I love being around nature. And that being said, um, because of my 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 uh my one of my characteristics is to be grounded like nature I'm, mm-hmm. i don't like change i don't like moving that's why it was very hard for me to real leave real estate because i was realizing that i needed to and so um i don't like change and what i realized was if i don't change i'm going to be unhappy so would i rather be unhappy with the feelings that i have to face to change to get to the other side to be happy or do I want to be unhappy for the rest of my life right the change has to occur and so um again I use things like drinking alcohol and uh smoking to cope and then once I cut those things out and I just started like sitting with myself meditating listening to my thoughts, listening to even the ugly messages, right? Because we all have negative thoughts and negative messages that we tell ourselves when we're going through transformation. You're not good enough. Uh, Remember this that happened when you were a little girl and everyone told you that you weren't good enough. And remember when you got fired from this job. So all of these things kick in. And so it was really tough to sit down and not run to like, uh, you know, alcohol or, or smoking this, yeah. that, and third. Um, but once I did it, it, you know, it, it became easier and easier over time to change. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still changing. We're all still changing. Everything has changed. Life has changed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you basically, your happiness is what is what's on the, the focus that you have on the horizon. Yeah. Like Absolutely. you put that vision of yours, like, like I want to be happy and, and, and to get there, I've got to change my patterns. Yeah. So that's, that's your motivation is your happiness. And that's, that's, that's such a beautiful thing. I, I feel like who I was before I knew that I wasn't happy. I knew that something had to change. Mm -hmm. Like, and these things, this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not against psychologists. Um, but I kind of feel like sometimes we rely on others to tell us things when we already know it, that's what our intuition is, right? And so I didn't need anyone to tell me that I, I didn't feel good, that when I woke up, I that feeling of gratitude was not kicking in. It was just like another day. And so if I didn't change, that was going to be the rest of my life. Ah, that's so powerful, that, that self-awareness that you have. And it's just like tapping into who, what, how do you, how do I feel right now? And is this what I want to feel? This where I want to be. Um, I think that is, how do I say it? Like, that's how the change really happens first is, is really listening. Like you said, sitting with yourself, listening, how do I really feel? That's the first step. And then when you realize that you want to change, then you take that step forward Um, absolutely yeah and that's a bold step to take so well done you (laughs) somebody once asked me 
They said, if I was to give only one advice to someone, like someone come up to me and said, I want to, I want to make a difference in my life. I want, I want that change. And I don't know what to do. And you were only allowed to give them one bit of advice. What would be that one advice? Hmm. <laughs> That's a difficult one. But and it's a also, and also you can cheat. If it has to be two, you can do two. <laughs> right. So I feel like probably unlearning in one word, right? It's so difficult, but it's so simple. Because basically the concept of life to me is that when we were children, we were joyous. We did not know anything about money. We did not know anything about problems, insecurities, worthiness, issues, right? All of these things that we deal with on a day-to-day, we were unaware of that. And if you look at children, they laugh like 300 times a day. They're always smiling. They're a source of natural joy. I mean, like my son, he'll he'll do anything. Like in, in five minutes, he'll laugh like, a ton of times, right? Because they're just, they're living life. And so as you get older, you're basically indoctrinated. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have to be this. And according to our family structure, we want you to be this. And according to the government structure, we want you to be this. And according to the educational structure, we want you to do this. And according to the medical structure, we want you to do this. And so you basically become an accumulation of what everyone wants you to be. And once you realize that none of those beliefs are yours, they're literally a projection of what everyone else wants you to be, it's time to unlearn. And so I think when when people are like, I, I want to get to that place or I want to change, you have to unlearn some of the beliefs that you've you've been made to believe. Mm-hmm. And so if like, like that's what I started doing uh, when, when I first started going through my change was where did this belief come from? Where did this feeling of unworthiness stem from? Oh, it stemmed from a certain situation when I was a little girl uh, where I had um, an argument with my sister. I felt like she didn't love me. I felt like she didn't take care of me, right? And so through those nuances, then they repeat themselves because if some situations repeat themselves, then it happens at work, then it happens at school. And so you have to unravel, okay, I started to believe that because it happened in this situation, then it happened in that situation, then it happened in that situation. And even though it happened in all of those situations, it's not true. So it's kind of like a returning to your inner child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Breakdown. When you were told how you're supposed to be and just allow yourself to be yourself. Right, exactly. And then with that freedom of being yourself, then you can go down your own path of self-discovery. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a great translator. (laughs) I listen to you. (laughs) I I really do. I really, you're one of my favorite persons to follow on Instagram. Um, and I, yeah, it's in it again. Um, you brought that up about your inner child. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. And that inner child, it's always with us. that person is always with us and we don't want them calling the shots because that's the past. 
However, we can ignore them because they, the, they bring their past with us to the present. So it's really having a conversation with that inner child and understanding who they are and celebrating them and bringing them along with you on your journey forward. They're like right next to you holding hands. And I always view it like, how is my, how's my dad used to call me squirt. So I call my inner child squirt. It's like, how's squirt doing? Like, is she scared? Well, why is she scared? What can I do to not make her scared? And that's how I deal with the, the conversation with myself. It really is. I give her a nickname, the self. She's part of me. She gets upset. I understand why. But then I also know how to take care of her and make sure that she's okay so that we move forward. And uh, it sounds like that's kind of what you were getting at, like that relationship with your inner child. Don't ignore it. Nurture it and understand it's still very much a part of you. Absolutely. Hmm. This has been such a really nice, it went by quick. (laughs) This conversation went by really quick. Thank you so much. If people want to be in touch with you, what's the best way to, you know, be in touch, follow, find out more about you? How can they be involved with you? Uh, I'm Renny Baez on all social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. I don't really, I don't really use Facebook. I mean, I think the one that I use the most is Instagram. Um, And yeah, people can reach me out there. Okay. We will, on the video, we'll make sure that those um, addresses are available, but also in the notes. So people will have full access to getting in touch with you. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to add before we say goodbye? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, life is hard. I think that's, that's why we're on here. Right. Because I think there's a wave of people that, are realizing that the way our world works is not, it doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people were, we're in an era where a lot of people are having mental illnesses and they're realizing that, um, especially like with this whole work life balance, it's, it's non-existent. Um, the oppression of people, right. Uh, the government on their people, I think people are awakening and realizing that there's more to life. And then they're like seeking individuals like you and I like, oh, how are you so, so Zen? How are you? How do you get through problems in life? Right. And so I guess my message would be like, you know, it, it's it's a process. It's not overnight, but you have to want to change. You have to want to be better and feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so harsh on yourself. Have grace with yourself. And um you know, I think the the most important thing is that when we die, you have to be proud of like your your life, your life story. Because when you die, I feel like we're gonna relive all the moments at some point. Like, oh, what did you do with your life? Right? You spent all your life working a job that you hated. Oh no, right? And so, like, we have to remind yourself, like, what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to serve people? Do you want to help people or do you want to be like at the top of your company, make a million bucks and have no substance to life? Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that that's my two piece. I really enjoyed being on your podcast. You <laughs> are a beautiful being. Since I met you, I could sense that light in you. And I'm also very proud of you because you took the step in uh, 
you know, building your wellness company and uh, buying up la- and building up land, you know, that's that's very big of you. Not everyone can just uproot themselves and do that. And that's exactly the path that the the awakened ones, right, as they call it, the ones that want to change. That's the path that they want to take. And they need people like you that are paving the way to show them that it's possible. So thank you, Carrie. Well, thank you. But and, and I'm going to add a little onto that. We are at a transitional period in life globally, a huge transformation time. And so many people are wanting more. They're they're at that pace where I'm doing this and I don't like it and I want more. And they're reaching out to people like you and me. And um so it's it's a wonderful time to be a teacher right now because people are like you were saying like people if you want change you have to want it and people want it and they need that guidance and to to step into the role to help them is such a beautiful thing. So thank you <laughs> for doing that. And uh, we can go all day. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, thank you again for this conversation. Thank you for sharing how you've uncaged your heart, found your life path, and they're just making the world a better place. So until next time, we'll talk then. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heart Wild with Carrie Asby. Tune in next time for another Uncaged Heart Conversation.